Hey everyone, and welcome back to Creative Emotions. I'm your host, Alex Lee. Cedric Papa. Oh, hi, it's Jenny. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest. His name is Mitch Villarreal. He is the uh, founder of uh, Outer Class, which is our dance team. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only that, he's been a very inspirational leader. Um, in our in this new movement for uh, for urban dance in the community, and we're definitely you know I'm super happy that he's here. We're really blessed to have him on this podcast today. So yeah, so you're in for a treat, listeners. Yeah. Um, and again, we've mentioned him before, so we finally got him. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. You know. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah. So um so. What I'm really curious about, because today's emotion is, on this podcast is about desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from knowing from your experience, Mitch, you've had a really, really amazing, um, beautiful dance journey that I, that I admire about Thank you yeah. a lot. And, you know, one thing that I want to know is that, like, why did you feel dance was for you? Like, why did you decide that you desired dance? Um, well, I think the funny thing about dance was that I didn't find it and it found me. It found you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I grew up very reserved, very introverted. And so I think at, at the level of what I was looking for, it didn't have anything to do with performing art like whatsoever. So, you know, I grew up, um, drawing, writing, um, a lot of introvert things <laughs> and, you know, came to high school um, looking for kind of a club to do. And um, I remember feeling that reserve um, and feeling that kind of shyness like throughout my life, you know, kind of it being like, uh, yeah, just very heavy on me and, and, I remember looking for a club to do and my brother was like, dude, just join dance. Ooh. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you're nuts, bro. Like, you're nuts. Because I was actually going to do tennis. I, I, like, loved watching tennis matches because they were so intense. I loved how people, like, ping-ponged their attention back and forth. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part about watching <laughs> tennis. But he's like, no, don't do tennis. Do dance. <laughs> and I was like, okay um and he's like i mean you're gonna know people you know all my friends so you coming in an environment where you don't know a lot of people that would kind of get you know you more familiar with um the high school kind of yeah just the, the environment itself and i think that was what brought me in really um and then from then on you know my freshman year in high school i tried it and I just felt this thing, you know, I, I felt this, uh, this deep pull and all of a sudden I went from like this, I mean, I was still shy and I still consider myself shy and introverted, but, uh, all of a sudden it, it just became my life and my desire to pursue it and, and nothing really ever stopped me from there. It's just, it, it, I followed a feeling and, and I'm really one to trust my intuition Mm -hmm. um, over, yeah, I really like to, um, yeah, 
look deep within and, and find decisions like that to be easier because I trust myself. Mm, so it was just a feeling. Wow. Do you think like, do you think like, do you think that's when it when it bloomed, or do you think it was just like later in your dance journey that it started blooming and actually taking taking form? Yeah, I mean when you're when you're a kid, I, I feel like desires for certain things are are very superficial. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah. you know, and we've all been there. And uh, you know, for dance being something that I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, just as much as. Um, all of my other hobbies, I think I found it to just bring me happiness, and that's all I wanted as a kid. Um, but then, yeah, it did kind of snowball into something deeper. Obviously, you know, I think that same desire that I had initially um, throughout high school has brought me here, and so that's something I'm always going to remember: is that you know my desire stood out, and and it was very powerful it was very gravitational so that's really cool yeah like yeah i i i i feel like you know i can definitely relate to that where Mm -hmm. i feel like dance also found me as well Mm -hmm. um i mean it started off you know just for something as fun yeah i didn't it wasn't really when i decided to like actually dance for the sake of the art yeah it for me it happened at a an anime convention and an oh, anime cool. expo yeah. where we just oh all the unlikely places yeah, oh, yeah. exactly absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> in a little small room and uh well no not anime expo it was called a a two squared which was in uh okay in garden grove it was a much smaller um uh anime uh, exposition okay and cool and it was this like little 12 by 12 dance floor room yeah, and like we were all packed and squished, and we were just you know going in a little circle girl and just having fun. Okay, it was just uh, that's that's how it happened for me. That's and then dope. later in life, like I was like, yeah, we'll try this mm-hmm. and see how this goes out. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I love so. that. I love that. And then um, I'd say like, okay, if I have one more question for you. Yeah, sure. And then. Um, I know all these guys have it. Finally, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's no. like after 10 questions later. <laughs> like, I have one long okay. question. <laughs> or like, let me pull out the scroll and just let it fall over. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'd say, oh, this was kind of, kind of a much more easier question to deal with, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like you have a special relationship with dance? Yeah. Uh, I feel like dance and I are married. It's like that kind of like complicated, but um, passionate, compassionate relationship. Um, I think over time, I mean, I've been dancing for 13, almost 14 years. And, you know, I think within that time I was doubting myself a lot. I was having fun. I was, yeah, just, I mean, initially infatuated. And then when I found the hardship within dance, uh, I think being on that journey to like fulfillment was a little bit harder and you know it, it brought some forks in the road um, especially with you know financial needs because I think dance isn't the most profitable um, and it wasn't back then and I feel like it's getting there now and it's mm-hmm. getting recognized but uh, I started to see that I started to see the you know the the trouble and and kind of the yeah, just the obstacles that 
that dance brought, you know, I think a lot of people don't acknowledge, you know, like the emotional, uh, not not just like the physical aspect of what dance brings, but even like the emotional turmoil sometimes of like mm-hmm. doubting yourself and um, having insecurities about how you look and what you look like uh, and how you move and things like that or what other people think. So uh, I think through all those throughout all those ups and downs, um, you know, I, I would really find to love it over and over again. And I had to pick myself back up and sometimes take some time to restore um, how I felt about dance, but I think throughout it, I, I, I could definitely say that my relationship with dance is um, quite similar to a marriage. You hate it sometimes, you love it sometimes, and you start to learn about it and understand it, and you understand each other. Mm-hmm. So I like to see dance the same way. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's that, a beautiful sentiment, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. Um, can I ask a follow-up question, kind of based off of this? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That? Yeah, I'm curious. Because like, I, I think, yeah, talking about the struggles that you've kind of had with dance and your desire for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is there Was there ever a moment that stuck out to you right now as you think back, like, when you felt, like, maybe, like, that doubt or that, you know, that, uh, that sort of, that need to, like, change yourself and trying to keep yourself in dance, but at the same time, like, you know, just that doubt and everything like that. Yeah, sure. I mean, growing up in kind of like a traditional Filipino family, um, school and education was always important. I think that's with a lot of Asian families. You know, they always prioritize uh, education, having a good degree, um, living a comfortable life with a good job. And, you know, I was not envisioning that for myself at all. I think as an adolescent, I've always kept the idea of just making life a playground you know, and so I never lost sight of that at all. But the moment that sticks out to me the most was when I was um, going into college. Um, I initially didn't want to go to college just for, I I think, the experience I had in high school didn't really do me well, you know. Um, And so having almost failed high school and walking out of there with kind of a I guess a lower GPA for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of disclose that at any given time. Just saying, <laughs> um, but maybe not right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into college and and not having that ambition at all to go, I think it was hard because my parents uh, tried to convince me and, and tried to talk me into the lifestyle that you know, they thought I should live and I, it didn't really sit well with me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I um, started to have expectations uh, on myself mm-hmm. about where I should be. And so dance was always at the forefront. Regardless, I was like, honestly, I don't really care what has been said. I just really want to dance. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as I started to go into college, I was taking general ed courses and I was struggling already I really tried um, and, and that's as much as I could say I was sitting in class and trying to do my due diligence um, trying to pay attention and get all the assignments done but I would always just have art and dance in the back of my back of my mind um, so I think from then on I started to struggle and uh, overthink dance like should I be doing it you know, mm-hmm. is everybody right? I think even at the time, my ex-girlfriend was like, yeah, you need to find, like, a real job. 
and and that was a little hurtful for me at the time because you know she was a dancer too mm-hmm. and and a talented one at that and to see her give up on her dreams just making that statement i think i've met her one time really no, it was someone else. I'm sorry, because uh, I saw someone else. Okay. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. that's pretty crazy. She's, like not up here. <laughs> okay, but that'd be mind. crazy. Whoops, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, um, that I, I think that was the moment because it felt like everybody was kind of like turning on me, and, uh-huh. and you know, no one really knew how passionate I was about dance. Really, I just kind of kept it to myself, and I kind of let my work do talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was probably the hardest. I felt like I was being cornered and I had my back up against the wall and I was like, what do I, what do I do? You know, but I had to keep going because that, again, trusting my intuition, that felt right. Mm-hmm. So like, I really, I definitely feel that, feel that as well. Cause like sometimes yeah. when I'm at, at my job, you know, yeah. trying to work in, you know, create like some financial stability for myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having dance in the back of my head. Right. Like that's something I'm struggling with. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there's so many like outside stipulations for our desires at times that like just yeah. greatly affect it. And, mm. and that really kind of tests your character at times. It yeah. really does. And, and I feel that it's unfortunate because yeah, when we have our dreams and when they're kind of different generationally, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think our parents always have our best interest in heart, oh, yeah. right? They Absolutely. love us. Yeah. But they love us in the way that they provide what they believe is the best for us and mm. what we deserve. And but then, you know, like our individual selves are like, Well, I don't want maybe the things that mm-hmm. you kind of foresee for me and things right. like that. And then because like I teach, you know, young people for a living and it's very tough for me to to sometimes see a student like feel lost and at mm. the same time like try to give them a direction and then them not trying to reach for it right mm. but at the same time I'm for me I'm always trying to be as equitable as possible like, Absolutely. like who who like let's find out who you are and what are the mm. things that are viable for you mm. and stuff like that like I get so many kids that are into video games yeah. so I'm like you know what like there's there's a, maybe five years ago I'd be like mm, maybe mm. but uh, but now like there is an infrastructure there so sure. you know like I'll help Absolutely. you pursue it but, yeah. and in general, I, I, I understand how tough and maybe perhaps even lonely it was at times yeah. to pursue your dream. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. And so, thank you so much for sharing that. That's yeah. Absurd. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Is it my turn now? You just asked the question. <laughs> Did I? It's been your turn. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, was like a, it, was like, it was like a follow-up question on your line of questioning. So, okay, now it's like, that wasn't my, my question. question. I want to ask my question. <laughs> Go ahead, Cedric. Thank you. All right. All right, Mitch. Can I ask right now? Kill me, um, Smalls. What desire do you have at this moment? Um, I think if I could generalize my desire, it would be to see humanistic qualities in people um, be highlighted a little bit more and to be brought out into light. I think we hide a lot of those qualities because of what the stigma is in society, um, especially with vulnerability and, and emotion. I think that's a very uh, stigmatized topic because a lot of people think emotions, it's 
it's odd. It's really shocking still that people have that perception. And, you know, we've kind of uh, dived deeper as a society to discover what that means. And I think people are, are being a little bit more open to it. Um, but I would love to just see people openly expressing how they feel about each other. Um, or I think the humanitarian side of people coming out, um, because I think we live in a in an everyday society where we're kind of grinding for the self, and we're very singular, and we're very um, headstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that desire, if I can generalize it, and one of the reasons why I teach is I want people to express themselves genuinely and and be so unapologetic about it that um, it starts to restore human relationships. Um, because I think that's part of uh, our world right now that isn't doing as well as it could, mm. uh, especially in like romantic relationships and in family relationships. You'll find a lot of um, the brokenness is coming from vulnerability or lack thereof, mm. yeah. you know, and, and uh, one desire that I do have is that people can start to see each other for who they really are, um, you know, just seeing... Uh, the transparency and the nakedness and not trying to act so strong and tough and fortified all the time. I think uh, that would be amazing to start to see as kind of like a consensus mm-hmm. as, as a people. Um, Cause we crave that, but we just don't look for it enough or we don't exude it enough. We don't practice it enough. So it's, it's one of the reasons why um I would say that would be a deep desire of mine, honestly. Yeah. That's a very, that's very huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely, definitely <laughs> felt that for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, when, you, when you explain all these, you know, humanistic qualities, especially during, during teaching in the team or mm-hmm. whether in classes, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's very real. You know, like in your last name, Villarreal. So <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Here comes, here comes, I hate you right now. Okay. I was like, that's usually things saying things like that usually are my lines, but yeah, you're great. You stole his thunder. I'm glad. No, it's, I'm rubbing off on everybody, and this is good. Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. That's but, influence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but great. It's just, it's just so interesting how you could think of such a broad. And very, 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 like, earth-like idea. Because mm-hmm. I don't, like, see people think like that sometimes. Because mm. they're so very business-driven. Right. It's, it's like that's the, the, the societal point today is that, yeah, everyone's chasing their dreams. Everyone's right. um, by, trying to be headstrong. Everyone's trying to be confident. Right. But, but there's no room for for authenticity or right, originality right, right. that yeah. I admire rawness in people. Mm. And that's just, that's just really interesting to see that you, you really want to bring out the rawness inside everyone's heart. That's the hard part too, is that because what I do is kind of considered a commercial business mm-hmm. for somebody in my background who didn't grow up with a lot and is just honestly curious and, and, compassionate about the things that I do um it's hard to find art as a business Mm -hmm. and and I think I had a lot of trouble like I don't know you know in the industry they pretty much capitalize an image 
you know, um, mm-hmm. based off of your face and your looks. And I was not about that, but I was like, I have to adapt to this. I, I consider it hostile because a lot of people are saying, I don't have the look. I don't have what they're looking for, or I'll never be that. I don't look like that, or I can't perform like that. I don't have the talents that this person has. Um, so for me, I was like, I just, I really want to dance, but if I want to make this a living, I have to play the game, you know? And, and that's a really hard decision every, almost every day. I'm like, how do I get past this and do it genuinely and authentically? Um, but just as anyone would want, you know, a job or an opportunity, it's like dance is my life, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's how I get by. Um, so that that's always been something difficult for me and, and a lot of artists too. Everybody's talking about the starving artists. And I'm always like, why do we why do we have to starve? Yeah. <laughs> like, enough, right? like like the people that are, are trying to create beauty in life and, and the people that are trying to um, promote humanity um, through an art form. I think that's a little twisted, you know? I agree. Strange. I think that's actually one of my desires and I haven't quite figured it out but like I've kind of always been like logical and business minded like when I took I took business classes in college and those like really made sense to me I like market research and like finding out how people think and like Mm. what they Mm -hmm. like you know essentially why they do the things that they do Mm. um but there is that corporate aspect that just never like sat well with me but I would really like to find a way to kind of bridge the yeah. gap between those. Right. Where, right. like, people get supported. Right. Not, not even just financially. Like, I feel like there's not that much of a structure for, you know, just getting right. yourself out there. Like, it's right. really hard. Right. You know, like, businesses. Uh, I've been watching a lot of influencers and mm-hmm. stuff and, like, how people are building businesses yeah. recently and like they have all these different tools and systems in place mm-hmm. and I feel like there's just like it makes sense but it also doesn't quite translate to creative pursuits sure, sure. so that's something that I'd like to work towards is like kind of bridging that gap and like making businesses where you could really support creative pursuits but also like have a little bit more alignment where it's like it doesn't there's a lot about business that just feels icky to me yeah it's like yeah eh. but also i think it's too like creatives taking that kind of accountability on themselves i mean not accountability but like um you know standing up for themselves Mm -hmm. like i I am creating these beautiful things that provide value to the world so it's like we deserve that support yeah. You know, Trust I mean, me, I have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, I that's just. When, that's when greatness starts. I just have to say one word, and that's cream. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Uh, if I don't explain it, then you'll know. <laughs> uh, you'll know eventually. Yeah. Wait, yeah. when you said that word, that just reminds yeah. me of Wu Tang. Wu Tang Clan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stand for the same thing. It's not the same acronym. Hey. You know, it's, it's got a different, it got a different meaning. Oh, let's so it, go. How, how do you I'm spell your cream? Uh, C R E A dot M. C R E A dot M. It stands for creating myself. Creating myself. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. love that. It's but like, uh, we could we could save all the savory details for 
That'll be a follow-up another, another year. <laughs> another another year. year. Hey, there you go. Let's go. Another oh, year. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Let's actually. Yeah. That's Perfect. really awesome. That's really great. To be continued. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a follow-up question on that. Then. Sure. So can you tell me any other hurdles that got in the way of your desire? So you kind of briefly mentioned one about like playing the game of like mm. this sort of commercialized like art and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, what else feels like has been getting in the way of your desires and mm. you know things like that? And then I guess if you want to speak about it, like how you've been able to overcome that. Yeah, dude. Honestly, um, finance. I have yeah. to. I have to bring this up because a lot of people are not talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, finance has always been a hardship not just for myself, but for my family. Um, We didn't grow up with a lot. And, you know, to kind of still feel like you're experiencing, you know, a a similar level of that hardship uh, in your later years, it's it's difficult. Mm. It's like this thing is like chasing me. You know, Mm. it almost feels like a generational curse or something. And, you know, I think for a lot of dancers in general who are trying to pursue uh, this field it can look very glamorous sometimes, uh, especially mm-hmm. on social media. Sure. Um, people will, you know, only snapshot the highlights of where they get to go or where they get to um, find opportunities and teach and share or whatever. But, you know, like what they say, all that glitters is not gold. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, dancers, I think, on the artist scale are probably the lowest in the pay grade, uh, you know. And, and that's unfortunate because I think we put ourselves through – a lot of trauma, <laughs> uh, emotional, physical, mental, um, psychological, a lot of that trauma uh, has long-term effects and it's one of the reasons why people quit. So I think with finance being a, a very prominent, you know, struggle with a lot of artists and dancers especially, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's hard to keep pursuing you know, something that doesn't give you a lot in return, Mm -hmm. I I would say monetarily. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was really one of the hurdles that I was experiencing um, building this career because, you know, I would have classes that no one showed up to. Uh, I would have um, times where I would want to teach somewhere and I never, you know, got paid for it. I never like signed a contract and there was a lot of confusion. And so I was like, man, is this what the life is? Because if so, I'm not really sure. And and I think what, again, kind of realigned me was the marriage aspect. It was just the relationship. And just like in any relationship, it requires trust. And so I was just, all right, I trust you. Like me talking to dance, like mm-hmm. I trust you. And it brought me a lot of opportunities that I would have never imagined. So I think that was a, a giant, yeah, probably a giant hurdle. Yeah. And not for me. I, I'm like speaking for people around me that do this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you know? that you're advocating for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, I think people don't really realize that, um, like, just how important, like, yeah, your financial situation is yeah. to pursuing your dreams. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And um, it's tough because I'll be helping students, and that's the that's the like eternal dilemma. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm, like I'm trying to help them, but in two ways, and sometimes they're diametrically opposed to each other. Like mm-hmm. follow your dreams, but 
will you survive mm-hmm. right, financially? Mm-hmm. And like, what's and then I have to be like, do you really understand your happiness, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or are you just trying to go for the glitz and the glamour? And then right. when you get there, like, do you wish someone had said like, God, I wish someone had told me not to do this because right now it's actually funny. Uh, a friend of mine overheard another friend talking to his brother. And mm-hmm. This person was talking on the phone with his brother. And so the person, he's a dancer, but he has like, he's like a, also an engineer and whatever it may be. And he's talking to his brother and his, and his brother wants to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that conversation, it's very much like the, the person talking to the brother is like, no, you need like a, you need a real plan. Like you mm. need this and this and so on and so forth. Mm. And the brother is just like, and he's 18. So he's mm. and and it's very much like, it's like the perceptions of that, right? Like you're young, yeah. you know, like you don't know what's going on out here. Yeah. And then it's like that talk down. But at the same time, I very much sympathize, even empathize with just that if that, if someone, if a kid has at least a dream, that's important to me. Absolutely. And to me, it's like, yeah, you have to at least try because mm. I don't think, and that's that's important too, because I don't think your desires go away until something kills it, yeah. right? Because uh, if it doesn't, then you're always just thinking like, okay, how, what could I, you know, what more could I have been? Mm-hmm. And I see that all the time. I see it on both ends and it's it's tough. It's tough to be around people. It's, t- it's tough to be good to them when it seems like their desires could lead to even their own destruction yeah and totally and i think okay like how best to do it and i just feel like i'm so glad that you're able to share that because i Mm. think it's so important for people to know the particular struggles of Mm. what you're pursuing and your desire absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i one i think people like us as a society we don't talk about finances a lot and it's like such a taboo i mean even people that are quote unquote comfortable or even well off, like there's things that you never know right. about them. Right. And I've been learning a lot about like money mindset and mm-hmm. like that kind of fear and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, why don't we talk about it? We all right. <laughs> like money right. is a tool and right. mm-hmm. it just, that just baffles me. But mm-hmm. also I do kind of wish for like anybody out there who's maybe like, seeing people struggle or like i don't know if you can do that like creative careers i wish we would do a little bit more of like okay this is what you want to pursue let's try and figure it out Mm -hmm. instead of like oh no i don't think you should do that like make sure you have a plan it's like okay Mm -hmm. well let how can we figure it out yeah Mm -hmm. i think that would be a lot more helpful because i know i've even felt that from like my family and Mm -hmm. we've gotten pretty good about talking like sometimes I'm like I'm just like big sky dreaming like, yeah. and I just want to say it and then other times it's like oh I actually want advice mm-hmm. and we've kind of learned how to talk about that but even then I wish it's like I don't know if yeah. we could like try and just have more of a conversation around it instead of like automatically like dismissing it or totally knocking yeah. it down like okay you want to do this let's figure out mm-hmm. how we can do this like with somebody that you admire let's see if we can not do it the same way but let's see kind of how they got to their path so what like could you like what steps could you maybe take right to see what they're doing right so. absolutely i fully agree with that yeah i think yeah that's like super important i think 
but I mean, like, that's something that I used to think was just like only young people have pie, like, mm. like, like, you know, pie in the sky dreams yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But then I always think about like my an aunt or an uncle that I have. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, th- this blank and blank investment and stuff like that. And I'm like, and then you you take a step back and like, this seems like a pyramid scheme yes. or something like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, and then what? And the reality is, is I think everyone has those, right? Like mm-hmm. those pie in the sky things. Yeah. And that's okay. Like you can't. But I think what's a lot of the times it's like we often, and this is like um, my friend used to, or a coworker of mine would say, like people typically talk about like their desires or their goals as if they've already done them. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And they tell other people as if it's kind of like, oh, a way to kind of like show that I'm building value in my life. Right. right? Right. But then they have yet to do them. And then what becomes really uncomfortable is like when someone maybe follows up or asks and yep. then you haven't really done it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so like, like she was telling people, it's like, like you have to discipline yourself to not really speak about your dreams or your desires at times mm-hmm. until you've actually had the steps to yeah. do so. Because I, I think you, everyone gets really excited when they have like a great idea. Yeah. 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 It's true. And then they're like, oh, and as if though they've already, like, I'm going to do it, like, da, da, da. But then when they don't, that gets like, that, that cuts deep into you it does. Like, and you're like oh man and that's really really tough to kind of see yeah and so it's like yeah you have to be kind of very careful about like the language and when and how and like because it's the easiest thing in the world to be excited about living your better life but yeah. it's not the same thing as actually living it right, right. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a sense of being accountable for what what your dream is right you know yeah and I think the one percent that's willing to chase that is only willing to do the work that no one else is. Yeah. So I think if it was that easy, then everybody would be doing it. Yeah. You know? But what I love about this generation is that everybody's taking a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the year 2019, 2020, where people are really building a grit and, and taking a shot, even though they might not be sure. Mm-hmm. And and you'll see, and that's that's the, I think what I'm really excited for this upcoming year is people taking chances because I, I think in this progressive year of 2019, um, people have been more open about stuff and and more accepting of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think especially in this language of you know creative career, it's I, I think. On a, on a very consensus level and a societal level, it's always frowned upon or it has those um, kind of like taboo qualities. Like, oh, you're doing a creative career? Good luck. Deep yeah. breaths. Mm-hmm. And, and then just, you know. Yeah, and, and so I'm, I'm really hoping that the progression leads us there to where a lot of people are like, you know what? Everybody's talking about art and creativity this way as a career. I want people to see it differently and I'm going to take a risk. So I think that's honestly where we're going and, and it's the one percenters that are willing to take that mm-hmm. now, you know, to, to be able to do the work that no one else is willing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's very, very, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I have one last question. All right. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Is there a desire you have solely for yourself? Um, yeah, you know, it comes from, I think that same struggle is, is because my creative career isn't as high of a pay grade as like a corporate career. 
Um, I've always had a dream, you know, to be in the entertainment industry, whether that's um, making film, choreographing for music videos, for artists, dancing on stage with artists, um, acting, uh, script writing, everything that has to do with like getting a medium out there and all of that, you know, is art. Mm-hmm. And and part of, I think what people don't know about me is I enjoy art as a whole. Right. Um, people always used to refer me as, or refer to me as just Mitch the dancer and that's all he is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I would have to be honest and say that's the most prominent craft that I'm currently working on and that's the one that you know provides um, but every other dream that I've had was outside of dance mm. and whether that was making you know an indie film or writing a script for somebody or starring in one myself or you know anything in the creative spectrum I, I've always had a dream for and and I guess in again in, in the talk of finance, um, I've always wanted to give back to my family because they were definitely the ones who made sacrifices for me to <clears throat> continue to dance, and I think that's a lot of love. and And I have never been more grateful for anything in my life. So for me to be able to do that, pursue my dream, make a living, and then give back to family, and then provide for my future family, I think that is probably one of my deepest desires is to give back and to give to um so yeah that's beautiful I, I think that's probably you know the most interesting that i feel like that's what makes a lot of great inspiration leaders uh great in that sort of sense is the sense of giving back because mm-hmm. um i don't know for me i'll be honest like i have trouble giving back and that's mm-hmm. something that i work on yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um, like I try, I try to give back as much by you know working hard on choreos we have to listen to, mm-hmm. or taking classes just for my own um, creative growth, so that way I have enough strength so I can perform in, you know, classes or or like you know in companies and stuff like that. Right. So that way I have, so I'm able to give 100 percent of my art and my capabilities, yeah. my physicality, right, to those sort of senses as well. And that's something that I definitely admire about you, Mitch, is that. You do give back a lot. You, I feel like you give back a lot more than the average person. <laughs> Thanks, to be man. Yeah, I really try to. I think that's the, that's always the return that I've found to be more fulfilling than me trying to take something away is the giving aspect. Um, it's like the more I give, the more I receive. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I teach class uh, or I teach anybody, it's like I get taught in return. I've always said that because I, I found it to be true. Um, you know, you, you try to encourage people in a certain way. And it's funny the way conversations work or interactions work is that you tend to say the things that you actually need to hear to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tend to say it out loud. <laughs> right. And and I think that's the beauty of being a human is that every critique or every um, piece of advice that's given, it's like it's also given to the self. It's a reflective of the self. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always I'm always learning to to give even more because I know that I'm going to learn something, um, or I'm just going to get this this insight. You know, not saying like I'm wising myself up, but I think you, I think as a human, you forget things every day. Yes, you know, you all read the time. all yeah you, <laughs> you you read all of these uh, 
motivational quotes and you listen to all these um, podcasts and, and try to join seminars where you're like, yes, you know, yes to everything, motivation. Right. Uh, and, and then you go back and return to, to normal life, still life, the idle life sometimes. Yeah. And you forget and you start to doubt and you get into these depths of what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And you start to question everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me to be able to remember those things uh, and, and remind people of those things, it's like I'm reminding myself, um, you know, even if, it, if, if it's as simple as, hey, believe in yourself. You know, sometimes I think yeah. we forget to do that as a whole. And then when we remind somebody else, it's like, you know what? I think I need to take that advice for myself too. Right. Yeah. So I, I think the more that I give, um, it also fuels me in return to, especially to see somebody, um, so proud of themselves and, and so refreshed or, or so learned. Um, that's a beautiful thing for me to know that I've given them as much as I could have. And it's not even like a tangible return. It's just like, I feel fulfilled that I've, done what I needed to do and that's ultimately help so yeah that's That's really awesome Mm. I think yeah that's like a super important idea I think I think when you use the opera because like if you've never taken Mitch's class like you should because towards (laughs) always at the end right like he's always saying something that's just really really important to it's always really really important to hear I I always think so Mm. thank you Um, yeah because I it, sometimes I think most funny. I took a class recently, and someone was trying to do the same thing, and they were doing they were speaking their truth, but they were nervous, you know. Right. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, you've taken the time to understand yourself and the things yeah. that you would want to say to yourself, yeah. and you know, like you really thought, yeah, it's like this is what I would need to hear, mm-hmm. and like or what I see, and you you there's like a lack of hesitation and there's something attractive like pulling oh yeah that's really there yeah and i think there should be more of that like specifically in something as vulnerable as dance Mm. usually does Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's very much like okay like because i'll be the first to admit like you know like i desire dance uh but the closer i am to my desire this like the the more scared I get, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like it's very much like, oh man, like if I, it's very much like, oh, I'm very close to something, but at the same time, like it's like flying too close to the sun. Right. And right. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'll burn up. I'm worried that it's, you know, what if I'm on the wrong path and I'll like just be lost. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a vulnerable thing. And then to have someone like Mitch, just see someone who's like that. Like I can see those things. I can see what's happening and just provide kind of like that guidance yeah. towards the end. That's something that's very like unique and rare, just generally in life, mm-hmm. right? For someone to see another and, and not just be so fixated on themselves and be like, Hey, you look like, I feel like I can help you and I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I think that's what fuels a lot of desires. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I think about this a lot. Like, like it's always like this like I, I always phrase it like if everyone like if everyone kind of like behaved around you like oh everyone told you you're a duck and like you poop like a duck mm-hmm. or like everything's like a duck you would just at a certain point like outside perspectives are kind of like like 
messing with your identity. Like, oh, you're a duck, right? And <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. And sure. what I'm saying is, like, then totally. you just start desiring, I guess, quote, unquote, or you just feel like, oh, I guess I'm a duck, or, and that this is what I am. Subconscious belief. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. suddenly, right, your desires are being fueled in that regard, like, because your identity is being formed mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you'll start eating bread off the ground, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is just, like, when we're very much, like, I think about, like, if no one ever cheered for you when you danced or mm-hmm. ever was excited for you or whatever it may be, um, if there wasn't anyone else in your life that believed in you, would you really have the strength to continue to keep going? Mm-hmm. Wow. Totally. And then it's just, like, because I think about, like, I think about that a lot, like, Sometimes there's like this intrinsic feeling. Yeah. And sometimes I wish I, I, I wish I believed, like, I'll be honest about my desire in dance. Like, I wish that's where it came from. Mm. Like, it's like, there's just this unstoppable feeling. Mm. But I do know that it, there is that part of me where it's like, people believed in me mm. and made me think I should pursue. Right. And, you know, but then as that happens, as, you know, maybe those voices fade away or like, um, there seems to be less of that. Like, I get more worried. I get more nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, do I still have it or do mm-hmm. I not? And right. In regards to anything that you desire, it's like, I think a lot, we don't realize that a lot of people and how they react and how they are around you will deeply affect our ability to, to want something or to want anything. Yeah. And so it's like that, right? Like, if I really loved, like, like if I, you know, like if people I really cared about said I should not be doing this thing, I would really consider it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I would really, really consider it. <clears throat> and sometimes people are like, I can probably hear people would be like, no, you shouldn't do that. Like believe in yourself and right. stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I wish I, I'm not really built that way. You know, hmm. I really, I think if you're a considerate person, you consider everything, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. even the doubts and uh, about others. Mm-hmm. Right? You, it's hard to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And so I do think there's a gap <clears throat> just with truth itself because I, I think people don't really know it for themselves unless they're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, so so the encouragement can come from yes, compassion, but it sometimes I think oftentimes it doesn't come from understanding. Mm. So people will advise and they will lead in the way that they think in the, in the I think the general direction and, and disposition that they're coming from. Um, they'll try to consider it, but I don't think there's an understanding. It's not the same. Right. Right. The, it's just like your parents who don't dance or, right. you know, the mm-hmm. people that don't do what you do. It's like the same comment on the other side. It's like, oh, that's cool. But you're like, no, listen to me. Like, dance. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just that, it's that level of understanding that just won't be there unless it is actually done and, and yeah. you are sitting in the same spot as the person. Um, and so with truth, it's, it, you know, if your desire is much deeper or I think aligned with truth, then you found yourself in a great place. Because ultimately, I think the people that are choosing this path trust themselves so much. You think and it's, so? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I think, I think the people... Well, here's the thing. Is that's kind of like a dichotomy, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's 
do they do they trust themselves right. and i think the people who can answer yes are the people that stay in it longer now, okay i can you know yeah, like they get to a point right? right where it's like this is my truth right because people are are, are i think the people that are in the, the field uh, or in this line of work are constantly asking questions and that's that's the beauty of curiosity is that we have this insatiable want to know we we have this uh deep desire to want feedback and to, to be spoken to and to find the answers right. where I think I always refer back to this um, idea. I don't know where I got it from, but I, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I've always, but you felt, got it. So that's I, yeah, I've always felt this and <clears throat> like, I always ask myself this question. I'm like, how did people write books? Mm. Like, was there, this beam of light that just, you know, struck earth. And then all of a sudden there was a library. Right. <laughs> like That'd maybe be so cool. it oh would God. be cool. But like I, God's like, here, have a library. Yeah. Here's, here's <laughs> knowledge and wisdom of like a thousand years, right. you know, and forward to inspire you to write more books. But mm -hmm. realistically we did not, mm -hmm. like we didn't have that. There was no such encounter. And mm -hmm. I think, why we have so much knowledge is because of experience. Um, you know, knowledge, I think, well, I think experience turns into knowledge and then knowledge turns into wisdom. Right. And ultimately we have, you know, all of this around us at our disposal, but it's because people have trusted themselves and have said, I have this idea. I'm going to write it down for you. Read it. Let me know what you think or let me know what or don't let me know what you think. Learn from it. Apply it. Take it somewhere else. Let it inspire you to write your own book or create your own story. And so I'm like, how much trust does it take for somebody to do that boldly? Right. Right. And so I, that's what I'm saying is if, you know, the person that questions themselves on a daily basis, you know, throughout their day is not going to write a book because they're going to be like, should I write a book? What would I write about? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I feel really, you know, mm. uh, and what I've learned is that I would have to just trust my instinct that way. If I'm in this field and I have something to say and I have something to give, I'm going to trust that what I give is good enough. It's substantial. And, and I think the people that have the doubts, um, are either in or they're in the crossroad of like, should I be doing this or should I just do it? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the people that are like, I'm just going to do it are the ones that do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's how, how I found this podcast as well. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. It was like, amazing, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Um, cause like, I didn't really think like, oh yeah, I do want to do a podcast, but like yeah. about what? Yeah. Um, I don't have much experience about anything. Mm. <laughs> and I was just looking at the hundred day challenge that you did, yeah, yeah. that you that you created, yeah, yeah, like yeah. for all of us to do, and yeah. like, and I did mines on emotions for a hundred days straight on Dude, freestyles, so and I was just like, oh yeah, I could talk about that. Let's so talk amazing. about that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you know about emotions. I was like, all right, everyone has emotions, so why not talk about it? And the rest is history. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I just want to say how honorable this is for you guys to be doing this. Thank oh. you. It's a platform. It is a place for people to listen and grow it's like reading a book but listening to a book mm -hmm. um listening to experience is just like reading a book 
you're listening, you're reading people's knowledge and their ideas, and you guys are doing the same for the world. So it's very honorable. It's a, it's a very beautiful thing that you guys are doing here, and especially to talk about emotions in the creative sense. I think that is, wow, that is like a double whammy. I think for a lot of creatives and people who, you know, maybe aren't really familiar with their emotions yet, and mm -hmm. to get a better understanding of that, which again leads to vulnerability and transparency. Is like ah. They talked about this in this podcast, and I feel like I have I have a better grasp on what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm also a creative, so it's like a, it it could be used in in it could heal in so many ways. So I'm just yeah, it's it's honorable, and I love that it came from there, and then you brought these two on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was very much yeah, like you're right. It's about trust because I was like, I didn't. I always thought this was weird to say out loud, and I still think it's weird, but in the best way. It's like. I never thought conversations could be a hobby. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. And, then, and, then, and, then, and then podcasts exist. And I'm like, I, I'd be like, oh, I listen to them. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, I, at first I was like, I never really even brought myself to mention the question, like, yeah. should I do a podcast? Mm -hmm. Because I just, it was just so far removed from that idea. But then I've had conversations with, so many people in my life and they're like my greatest joy yeah right just hearing perspectives and letting to see those vulnerabilities and to open up and to feel that connection afterwards and and then when alex was like oh i have a podcast and i'm like and what do you talk about and it's like emotions and i'm like my i'm like my my, my eyes lit up i was mm. like and then i asked him like in a kind of timid way <laughs> i was like hey can, can i can i be on that podcast and he was super excited to do it too yeah and then the and the rest was kind of like, yeah. And then Jenny came on. Yeah. I did yeah. the we, same we thing. Guess, yeah. I did the same thing. <laughs> I was think, like, can I be on the podcast? That's so yeah. cool. And we were just kind of like, we were just, yeah, we started to, I guess, yeah, we're all just hidden. Yeah. And then now we're, you know, we're, we're doing something so that we can be seen, I guess, yeah. in that regard. I hope you guys, yeah, I hope you guys see it that way because you guys are not just doing this for yourselves, obviously. Otherwise, you'd be talking to each other as yourselves. <laughs> You know, like talking straight to each other. Right. right. But I think you guys are talking to people, which is beautiful. Right. It's it's just as much an inward expression, or sorry, an outward expression as it is an inward yeah. uh, about the curiosities that you have and the passions that you guys have. So for people to hear this, I think it's just like you guys delivering a book to people that you guys have written. So wow. this archive of podcasts that you guys end up releasing and coming out with are your books and it's your library and you're giving it to the world so i hope you see it that way oh, thank you appreciate thank it thank you yeah <laughs> all right well we have two more questions for you mitch and it's from jenna and then not remembering <laughs> no. who is that <laughs> what questions? Uh, huh? huh? Is this Where a am? podcast? <laughs> Where am I? Who are you guys? <laughs> okay. Imagine. <laughs> That'd be so funny. That'd be great. Um, so, I feel like, well, I don't know. But anyways, my questions were, um, do you desire more things and people or feelings and states of being? Oh, Wow. Get up. Get up. Alternatively, both. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I then. want him to choose. Yeah. Okay, fine. Choose. You have to Give choose. me an ultimatum. No, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 middle of the round. Both sides are good. No. I yeah, yeah. Just make him choose. 
Great. Um, dang, that's crazy. What you a question. Oh, right? good. Thank okay. You. What a question. Uh, <coughs> man, I'm a lover of people. Mm-hmm. And so this is really hard. Uh, but I do have to say, I think without feelings or emotional states or what, what was it you said? States of being. States of being. I think without those, we couldn't experience people the way we do. Mm-hmm. If people were just people, like if we were just like robots or like cyborgs who followed protocol all the time and, you know, had a programming, a certain programming where we interacted the same, everything we did was the same. Uh, there's no, obviously no sentiment and there's no feeling and there's no state of being. So, uh, for me to choose, I would have to say, I mean, if it was just like people on a singular basis, being that there's no feelings involved, mm-hmm. I would have to choose. What was the first part? Actually, it was like okay. feelings. I said people and things. People and things. Or feelings and states of being. I would have to say feelings and states of being because. I mean, things without feeling and I think states of being, it it carries you, it like transports you um, into another realm of humanity where you're experiencing uh, like, I I think more depth as a human because I think with the human condition, we're we're born to feel. Mm -hmm. We are made to feel. And so if we're based on just things and the material of life and just people, here's the thing, people don't get along. That is very true. There's people out there that disagree, and there's people out there who start wars with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't always rely on people, and that's the hard part. But I do think feeling will always, feeling is immortal, for sure. Mm. Like, you're never not going to, you know, get rid of feeling. And, and and I think the state of being especially is how you're seeing life or you're, it's how you're seeing a person or it's how you're seeing a situation. So it's all mindset. And I think I would definitely choose that because the way you feel about stuff, um, it lasts longer. Mm. Things don't last long. Um, sometimes people fade out of the picture and what will always stay, I mean, you see it and like, on like gravestones, you know, in loving memory mm-hmm. of that love never goes away. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and some people will try to n- deny it, but I think that's the funny part about love and feeling is that you can often be in denial about how you feel, mm-hmm. but that feeling never goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, yeah, I would definitely choose feeling and state of being. It's so important for the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want to piggyback off of that because when you said how feeling never goes away, um, I think that what's beautiful about that is that um, the things that we remember that are most precious to us the Mm -hmm. most is the things that we feel we have a feeling for. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Of course. Like, um, for me, I'm a huge nerd. I'm Mm -hmm. a huge geek. Mm -hmm. But there's this 
favorite video game that I like, mm-hmm. and I have it everywhere in my room, in my on my TV, and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. called Persona Five, and I just love the game Dope. to death. Yeah. Like that pre- reacts a very positive, happy emotion to me, and I just love being around that thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and that you know, like, and that's that's how that's how I always remember it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, say how, for example, um, when it comes to people, like I admire amazing people, like for, for my tat- for tattoo artist, Morgan, who's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I admire her. Like, I remember her a lot because sure. she's the one who did my tattoo, which I cherish a lot about. Okay. You know, and that's a huge memory that I feel for it because I love this tattoo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? I I can I can definitely understand what you mean by that. How yeah. the feeling doesn't go away. You just can't forget about something that yeah. your heart is attached to. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you think about it, all of entertainment and movies and TV or whatever you want to call it is based off of feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we were to watch a movie about this monotonous lifestyle, nothing really happening, or very generically and kind of like superficially happening, it would be boring. <laughs> yeah, there's like no color to the life. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, storytelling has a lot to do with feeling mm-hmm. and why someone's dream is so important to them and they go through this uh, character arc and character development where they're feeling really down mm-hmm. and then they all of a sudden pick themselves up. They find a, a sensei or like a, a master and then they get trained and then they tackle this big you know, mm-hmm. opposition, mm-hmm. and then they feel victorious, and then that's what the whole movie was about. It was mm-hmm. it was about the sentiment they had towards this one thing, mm-hmm. even if it was just a movie like Rocky where he wanted to box, right? Right. Yeah. It, that whole movie was just literally about a dude's <laughs> yeah desire to box, to, to box yeah. and there was this emotional roller coaster and these character developments within it that created this complex and in-depth story and here you have rocky a, a long time classic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's just feeling like it right. like i feel for this guy i feel where he's at you know when um mickey died oh man like <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like even the way you guys react even the guy the way you guys react to it it's just like, feeling women make the like legs weak like it's like right. it's like yeah he was so like unlikable and then he grew on you right and then it's just like oh right no. Right. So that's what I'm saying is like you bring it down to to life. You bring life down to its fundamental core mm-hmm. and everything is state of being. Everything is is feeling or emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's beautiful. And then I think yeah, that's just so <laughs> I'm thinking about that right like I my ex-girlfriend, right? She would always like watch a movie and then she would always make this particular comments where like it's like why would they do that like that? Or why would they make like a bunch of questions? Or like, it's like, that makes no logical sense. And then one day a friend of mine heard all of this stuff and he had, he just had enough. Yeah. And he was like, he was all like oh, oh, congratulations. Uh, or like, um, her name is Crystal. So congratulations, Crystal. You would be the most boring like screenwriter ever because everything just has to make logical sense. Right. But that's the thing. Like humans are not just logical. Right? Sure. And I think what I realized is like, like, like we have both of those things, our logic and our emotion, but right. I think the relationship is not as even as I thought it was, right. where it's very much like, I think a lot of times our logic 
comes from our feelings like our absolutely emotions. like mm-hmm. we were able to in a sense rationalize or understand or like we we try to build understandings based off of feelings and then the reverse though is a little bit harder right where we try to have our logic quell our emotion yeah, yeah. or try to contain it mm-hmm. but then in the end it never seems like that right. wins right? right eventually it is your feeling it is your how you like your state of being like in that exact moment like no amount of logic is gonna make really that go away. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's like you feel what you feel, right? Um, mm-hmm. My friend used to say was like he would call it the other side of knowing, mm. right? Like you That's can, beautiful. yeah, you can know one thing, like you can know a thing, like you can know that, but then the other side of it, right? Like, like you feel like this is right, or you mm. feel like this is wrong, or you, you know, you may not have like the rationale yet for mm-hmm. it, but you feel like this is incorrect for some reason and whatever maybe and. That's when you realize, like, when you're having conversations with people at times, yeah. like, and when things become like, when they they erupt, and right? Like, and it's just, it's, it's not, it's not because like a calm, logical argument. And then sometimes you would wish for that, yeah. but sometimes it's just that's that's them living, that's their emotion. Like, I feel like incorrect and feel and so on and so forth. But we have to put that in balance as much as we can. But yeah, in pursuing <laughs> of your life, it's like there's nothing quite like having a feeling. because it's like oh you could have lived your quote-unquote perfect life logically like i've known so many like i've known like like uh asian families yeah like who the kid has done everything that he was logically supposed to do it's on paper yeah it's like yeah specifically one i met him at a wedding and he was like you know he's asian he was a he was an intellectual property lawyer from us like and he graduated from ucla and i asked him like it's like oh that's you know like i was excited and he was like he just shook his head. He's like, I don't know, man. It's like he was just, he looked just like sad, like defeated. Like, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a whatever, you know? I was like, geez, dude. Right. Like, how can you really say you're successful if that's how you're going to characterize right. and speak about your life? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, if you're Gosh. not feeling something for the things that you're doing, mm-hmm. yeah. then yeah, the question is just like, like, you got to really just understand why you're doing it. And again, you don't have to feel everything mm-hmm. at all, all times, yeah. right? It doesn't always have to feel great. Sometimes we need discipline to pursue our desires. Yeah. Right? But ultimately, like, I think with Mitch and like with all of us, like it's, it's really finding the truth in those things. And mm-hmm. you can't have the truth without understanding like the feeling of it too. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, it's really come up Recently, I've gotten a lot more in touch with my intuition, and I think I've, like, ignored it previously. Oh, yeah. Or just, like, not been aligned with it, because mm-hmm. there's been several occurrences lately where I've, like, kind of gone down a certain way or maybe yeah. made a decision kind of more in the moment, like really this is what I'm going for, which is great. I think there's a lot to be said for action, but then like thinking about it later, like, oh, maybe I didn't think this through, like I'm not entirely sure about it. Mm -hmm. And like, I've just felt like the universe has given me a sign Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like a really clear sign where it's like, if it was meant to be like yes this is you made the right decision and like the universe is like acknowledging that sure or the other way around like um actually it was just the other day like it was just yesterday i had somebody cancel plans on me and i was like already kind of apprehensive about Mm -hmm. like 
connecting with this person. Yeah. And I just felt like the universe was like, yep, this isn't for you. Mm. <laughs> and it just felt like really clear, like, okay, right. this is. And so I think the really cool thing is that like feelings are like all around us too. Always. You know, like yeah. plants and animals feel like it's not. It's just, vibrations. Yeah. It's yeah. not just a human characteristic. Totally. Like, it's a universal character. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's love. Yeah, honestly. exactly. That's straight up love. Cause mm-hmm. I always referred to this um, particular incident in nature when uh, I think it's like two, what is it? Swans. Yeah. Two swans. When one of them passes away, the other one passes away shortly after. Oh, um, And it's because swans, I mean, in nature, they pair up and that's just their mate for life. Yeah. You know, and and to even see that in the innate structure of animals who don't right. have language. Well, maybe they do have language. I don't know. But to to not have kind of like a an audible language like we do mm-hmm. to feel that and know it and be like, wow, I just lost my life partner. I don't really feel a reason to live anymore. Yeah. That's pretty deep. And and that's and that's complex and something that's seen as very simple. I mean, you associate swans with like the two heads crossing together mm-hmm. in right. like a heart shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but it goes deeper than that. It, it's crazy because like I don't know how birds just just like just pass away immediately like yeah. that. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. But they just know. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and, and that's I think the beauty of what you said, Jenny, is that there's a universal nature in everything. And I've come to really believe that. I've felt moments in my life where, you know, I felt things were speaking to me. Yeah. Like, and I think it sounds very like new age or like hippie-ish, but I've felt creation speak to me Mm -hmm. before when I've just asked, you know, I've I've asked creation to be there for me and be like, can you just let me know you're here? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I grew up in in church and my dad's a pastor. Um, you know, so I've I've always believed in a creator, mm-hmm. and and I never I never fully believed that it was just God speaking to people. It was also he he would orchestrate everything in nature to speak back to us mm-hmm. right because wow. i mean in, in in the bible there was a lot of times when god was silent mm-hmm. and he would just let signs speak to people and i think in this day and age when we are living the life the lives that we're living when we have distractions like technology and we have uh, media kind of at the forefront of who people are like that's how we identify each other yeah. you know oh i just met this guy did you get his instagram yeah <laughs> like it, it just it's just a point of contact and it's just right. protocol now but i i feel like with all those distractions you know we hardly get to pay attention to uh i think the nature aspect of life and and the meaning that way so i think it's it's important that we listen we yeah. listen to creation and and You'll start to find answers, but we feel these feelings all the time. Right. We have we have these. Uh, as soon as like something wrong happens, it's like I feel a certain way, but logically I'm not supposed to do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. So I'm not going to right. And I think at the very most, 
we hardly trust those feelings because we think they're illogical. Yeah. Mm. But they could be the very thing that sets us free. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I totally agree. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, uh, I'm feeling it. <laughs> sure there is. There we go. Yes. Yeah. He had to You're sneak not one. the only one who can have bad jokes, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. This is part of the reason why I'm here, is Cedric's puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You heard yeah. it here, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you guys don't know, I mean, I don't know how many times you've, you know, implemented puns into so the podcast. So many times. Okay. Oh, yeah. great. Well, I'm, I'm honored then. Yeah. I'm always honored to be in the presence of the pun master. Of <laughs> the punisher. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. That's the it. punishment is coming. Uh-huh. It sure feels like punishment sometimes. <laughs> I'll say that. Oh, but man. it's great. I, I love it. Yeah, You're fun. great, man. You're great oh, at what you do. No, I... I Thank you. Yeah. She's like, it takes a lot of practice. (laughs) Like, I'm in the front of the mirror, like, all right, here's a, I just pull out an orange. All right, here we go. Orange, you glad to see me? (laughs) And the orange just goes, no, I'm not. (laughs) No, all right. Not after that pun. Orange slowly jumps out of your hand. Yeah. (laughs) Or it just, or it just flops. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Get out of here. All right. So I've got one last question. Okay. Have you ever gotten or achieved something that you truly desired but realized it was not what you wanted after all or it wasn't what you expected? Which I know are basically like two different questions. Because, right. But. Right. Um, hmm. It'd probably have to be my first industry job. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coming from a small town uh, where, you know, obviously a lot doesn't really happen and knowing a place like L.A. or like Hollywood was, um, I think that's like a small town kid dream. Right, be, this, you know, kind of like that. That it's like, oh, I'm gonna make my dreams. Like, yeah, this, you know, I'm gonna go to the happen. big city. Right, yeah, I'm gonna be famous. You know, yeah. right, super famous. like I mean, you know. For somebody to like, especially for me, who as a kid would just, I would watch movies all day right. as a kid. Like, that's all I did. Right, in a small town. Right? And to like be in the studios where they make the movies, like Warner Brothers. Um, I did a show there a while ago. And then to finally get my my foot in the door of um, the the dance industry, I felt like it was a similar feeling. You know, I was like, whoa, this is pretty crazy like we're right next to the Hollywood sign and this is nuts um, but I think when, when I was when I was there I, I I wanted to believe that like people genuinely wanted to make friends but sometimes people are just there for the job mm. it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. and, and I think uh, coming from community dance you know you see a lot of support mm-hmm. uh, you, you see a lot of um, compassionate people coming together and making connections but you realize in the industry it is work. It's like the corporate world of dance. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's like no hard feelings. Yeah. But this is just business. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. So the transactions are a little different, and you know I, I can't take away from the fact that it was a great experience. Um, it was really cool to go all um, to to everywhere we went to do these jobs. What it was is uh, I did a job for. Um, Dance Network TV, where we did like a flash mob in random places. We went to like mm-hmm. the Long Beach Aquarium, and we would just come up with all of these styles, 
uh, and create numbers and go to like Six Flags and then do this and then film this. Oh, cool. You know, it was like a social experiment kind of. But um, yeah, I met some great people there, but some of them were really just there for the job. Mm-hmm. And with people that you really wanted to connect with and make friends with, it wasn't the same for them. I see. And and so that was kind of, I, I guess being as naive as I was, I was like expecting something else. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, we all love dance, right? Like this is... Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, oh, let's you talk about your dance experience and oh, like, oh, that's so great and stuff like right. that. So like, can I ask like, yeah, how did you know that that, that people were there just for the job? Like, it was just like... It's just, How were they behaving, I guess? I felt like they were so avoidant of, like, like either it was, like, either their dance experience or, like, just having that genuine conversation with somebody. It was always, like, hey, like, how did you get in dance? Um, well, I did this and this and this and this for this many years, and then I started doing this, and that's it. Oh. And it was just kind of, like, silent. <laughs> what? You know, no. it, it wasn't like, it, like it led nothing to a conversation. It was like, right? what about you? Yeah, like there's no like consideration. It right? was like as if I was, I was a person asking for their resume, <laughs> and they're like, here you go, read it. Right, right. And oh, I was like, man. well, okay, um, talk to you later then. You know, and <laughs> oh, and cool. that was that was hard because I I wanted as somebody I I feel like I consider myself as this like curious but naive personality type where I'm like I'm having I'm gonna have this image of what it's supposed to be like and then when it's not that I'm like oh interesting it's not that I get disappointed it's Mm -hmm. just like data for me I'm like oh that's how it is Mm -hmm. so I think throughout that and even going to auditions I've gone to auditions um for like Megan Trainer, Gwen Stefani um Justin Bieber a bunch of people and all of these people here just have one goal and that's to get a job and I understand that but I think uh, as a human race, I think I missed the marker where everyone felt the same way I did. Really? Because people would always bump into you and not say anything. Or they would, like if they say switch lines, they would like dart to the front. Like if they were already in the front. Oh, they you would know? stay in the front kind of thing. They would stay in the front. Or if they were like all the way in the back, they would just shoot straight to the front. Oh, okay. You know? Right. And, and it would just be this... Uh, I don't know, like this dog-eat-dog nature that felt so unnatural to me. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if this is like, this is it. Right. And I don't know if I want to be feeling like cattle in lines. I see. You know? Um, And and no disrespect to the industry or even the people that are there who are honest and are human. Um, But that was just my experience. And maybe that's just my perception. But... That's how it was, and and that's why I connected much deeper to community dance was because there were people here, yeah. right? Or at least people that valued their humanity still, mm-hmm. and and so, you know, that's not to say I won't go for another opportunity, but I'm always very careful of how I interact and how people kind of conduct themselves yeah. uh, around me. So it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> I, I definitely think that yeah, that's like. It sucks because it's kind of like inherent in the title, right? Like yeah. an industry is an industry, but mm-hmm. a community is a community. <laughs> yeah. The difference is like it's people, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like if you're you're like and coming from that and then so I gotta can I ask you the question, <clears throat> like, do you feel like it's the industry that forms people into that sort of mindset? Or do you mm. feel like people who have that mindset already are just attracted to, to going into or like 
or better mm. geared into that? So kind of like chicken egg kind of sure. scenario? I think it's both, man. I yeah. think the industry puts uh, a lot of, you know, highlight and glamour into what they're creating. Uh, for example, you'll see like a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's like reality TV or something, like, oh, that's really cool that they do that. That's really awesome. Our lives must be so fun. But I think on the flip side of that, you start to see like what they're demanding and taking oh, from people yeah. that exhausts and completely depletes people. You know, I, I did um, I did America's Got Talent for season 10 and we were top 20. And nice. Yeah, we were top 20. And throughout the time we were doing our judge cuts, uh, filming days, we were there for a week. Our filming days were like 12 hours. And part of the 12 hours was just sitting there. Jeez. And um, I feel like when when you're asked to do something on camera or on set, you are obliged to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so there was a moment when we had to walk in all the contestants into the kind of like meeting room where everyone would wait and sit and watch the acts going up and they would hear all the judges comments and things like that and we would walk in from one end of the room and the director was like wait can you guys do that again and so we would all walk oh, back what? it was maybe like a good 50 of us oh my gosh. just yeah, you... walking out wow. <laughs> of this narrow path and then all coming back yeah. you know acting as if like oh we're right, ready for the, the judge time, cuts man. like everyone thinks reality tv is like oh it's it's like oh just as it happens or it's live right but it's like it's, no. no it's good like you know, yeah. I, yeah yeah i had a friend she was she auditioned for so you think you can dance okay right and she didn't make it and she started crying oh. and then she got swarmed by cameras <gasps> oh right oh, gosh. and then the producers i guess the people were there were like saying cry more like cry more. oh yeah 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 like cry more that is like, so do show messed more. up because again you have to translate it over to television so like subtle crying right and like with, with yeah. what they have is not going to make sense yeah right they're trying in the end right they're trying to create entertainment and tv yeah and i think that's when like so like that's when i feel like feelings get manipulated and monopolized in the wrong way yeah. right like it's mm-hmm. not when it's when it's no longer authentic mm-hmm. when it's just for the sake of like you know spectacle like that was bad she was like and when she told me that story, I was equally as shocked. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. It's like, cry more? Like, yes, that's more so, crying. I was that's, like, oh that's, my Yeah, that's messed Yeah, up. a lot of it was fabricated that way. And we had moments where we were going on stage for our performance for the judge cuts. And just like a little sidebar, I thought it was amazing how the guest judge was Marlon Wayans. Oh, nice. <laughs> for our episode. Cool. It was so cool. Um, but we were praying before we got on stage. And this camera guy was around us. And, you know, one thing he demands, he's like, can you guys do that again? Okay, can you guys say that again? And we're, like, genuinely trying to pray and, yeah. like, right. get hyped up for this thing. And we're just like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know. And it, it's not like we can, we, it's we're going to feel the same, right? Right, right. And, and to justify that, um, it's hard. But, and then there was, not to put Nick Cannon on blast, but uh, there was a moment where he was, like, feeling our set on camera you know when they do like the host reactions mm-hmm. to the, the talent mm-hmm. he would react for a little bit and then when camera was off he would just cut out as if nothing happened <laughs> Whoa. so all that you know to answer your question i think 
the industry breeds people like this because it is a job. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, you know, the, the everyday protocols of like a nine to five, sometimes it's like, oh, I really don't want to be here, but I guess it makes the money. Right. Um, I think you'll get the same mentality in the industry with people that are like, this is my life. It happens, whatever. You know, wow. whereas somebody like me is like, dude, what? That mm-hmm. was nuts. Like that just happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I think there are people that are born for the industry who are prepared for that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're ready to take on the obligations that the industry has and the demands that it has. And they're like fine with it. So I, I definitely think um, on both ends of the spectrum, there are people who are ready for it and who are that way. Okay. And then the industry creates it because it's like this is your work so sign this contract and you have to do this and this and this right Mm -hmm. in order to pursue your dreams this is it Mm. right it's kind of like you get to i get to feed you but then i'm going to clip your wings Mm. Mm. right you know what i'm saying so that was that was the hard part of um just discovering all of the nature and and again no disrespect at all there's people that are thriving and are amazing in the industry Mm -hmm. um but that was just how I felt and how I perceived it. Okay. Um, wow. and that could be oppositional or or not. Yeah. So we'll see. And that's good that there are like, I guess, because I can understand that there are people who are like, like who can thrive in that scenario, right? Like yeah. very business oriented, very like, you know, like I have a talent, but it's a, it's a commodity for me and, mm-hmm. like, and stuff like that. And like I trade it on the market. But I, I, but I would just think like for a lot of people like who get into dance, right? <laughs> it's like that artistic creative feeling yeah. And then an industry like that would actually hurt their desire to continue oh, yeah. more so than it would be to encourage that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is that like, and I feel like, is that like a worrisome thing that they should, you know, but I mean, ultimately though, like there's an alternative, right? Like, mm-hmm. are, well, I mean, are there like, yeah, there are, right? Like to the idea of continuing to dance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's like a very specific type of dream when it comes to dance. Like mm-hmm. a specific type of desire sure um and it's very much like you, you gotta make it big like it's either big or you go home kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's like that's just but i feel like it's become nuanced now mm-hmm. a little bit but it's still very much the predominant understanding of like right of dance like like what do you think you're gonna be like you're gonna be like you know dancing like on tv mm-hmm. and like blah 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 you're gonna make it big or whatever it's like for me, it was like, it sucks that, that there's no real in between, like viability wise. Mm-hmm. But I and and because of that, a lot of people either do one or two things, like either they make it their whole thing, or they just stop mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like, and it seems like that's such a, it's just I I don't know I I feel like that's such a hard thing to do. You know? Yeah, but, I think because there's an expectation, commercially with dance. Mm-hmm. I get it all the time, like in the work environment or people that I know who are friends of friends or fam- family friends who are like, oh, are you going to go for a soothing dance? <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what dance is all about. You know, right. it's not always about the show. Mm-hmm. Like I do this to express myself. Right. I do this to say something. I do this to connect with people. And I would like to see dance as a superpower for people. Right. You know, it's not a job or it's not this performance characteristic that you have. And often when I'm sure you guys have had this, but your people that you experience on an everyday basis, whether that be in work 
or your friend group outside of dance is like, oh, you're a dancer, right? Go ahead and dance. Do a dance move. Yeah. Oh, like that. that is probably God, the... I really, that. That's so really hate when they do that. Yeah, and it it's a... my eye twitch. It's a thing. <laughs> and, I, and I think people who are in dance know this to be so synonymous with like non-dancers and dancers to be like, oh, dance is this commercialized thing right, right. you you've ever been to that studio with the red room i'm like oh like millennium yeah. you know and they think dance is this thing right yeah. right Perfect. and i think that takes away from the authenticity yeah. and the mm. desire to want to be a part of it right. because some people who are actually doing this and experiencing all the layers beneath are like dude it's not like that and i'm like oh sometimes i hate being a dancer you know yeah. mm. some people will get that way mm-hmm. but i think the desire uh, strictly comes from trusting your intuition because for me, you know, although those are great opportunities, I also think that my intuition has told me to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what drove my desire deeper okay. into the, the why and, and the purpose behind why I do it. Um, so if you're, yeah, I think if you're pursuing anything, regardless of what the perception is mm-hmm. on a public level, uh, you have to trust your gut on how you navigate through the art. Mm-hmm. Because some people do, like Culture Shock LA, they do a lot of charity events. They give yeah. back, and mm-hmm. that's all they do. They don't compete or anything. Right. They just perform, and they teach kids how to dance, and that's education, and that's giving them an outlet. Right. right? So that's ultimately giving back. Right. So I think dance, depending on your desire, will be your superpower. Right. Yep. That's beautiful. Especially if you're helping people like right. that. If you're giving back. so many ways. Yeah, it can just be so much more than I think what we see. Because I think it's like someone's like, someone had told me once, and it might have been you, Mitch. It's like, um, <laughs> like when you see like an Instagram video or like you see somebody, it's like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Totally. And then you see like, like the dance in general is just like that too. Like what you see on Instagram, like that's like a tip of tiny part of like dance. And then what Absolutely. you don't see underneath is just how much layer, how much nuance, how much, absolutely, like, what you really can do with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, that's, like, the fight that every dancer has to deal with and justify it to people, like you said, that don't have understanding. Right, right. Yeah. That, that's don't tough. Don't have understanding. All right. So, I have another question. Mm-hmm. I know I seem like I have a lot, but... Um, it's good. It's just intriguing. He yeah. just has so much knowledge. He's here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, finally, now's the time where we can just, you know, we can just spill it all out. So, interrogation, yeah. man. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. No, it's so, good. It's like shining a light on his yeah, face. Yeah, I would be know, so like... happy in that situation. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I love, ask, I love being asked questions. All right. Then, how about this one? Okay. So... Um, in regards to desire, what do you desire most when it comes to love? Mm. I think it's just understanding. And and I want to expand love in a universal sense to where it could be from the perspective of romance or um, platonic love. And, and I think all love requires understanding, um, understanding of the other person and their situation. So I think for me, um, coming from a background where I didn't get to express myself a lot, um, and I was kind of, I felt like I was in the background a lot uh, everywhere I went. Um, I feel like I didn't really get a chance to tell people how I felt or I, I, I didn't really have the boldness to do so. Um, 
And so it's like when people understand each other, there's this like mutual relationship where it's just this agreement. You know, when you um, come across uh, like like a moment with your friend and it's like one of the most memorable things ever and you go on this journey with them for maybe, I don't know, you go on vacation with them, let's say. Mm-hmm. You go on this retreat and all of these memories are made, all these incredible, like, groundbreaking moments. And then you kind of see each other and you just, like, nod at each other. <laughs> hey. That's, like, the mutual understanding of love, I think. And to have that, let's say, uh, in a partner or in a relationship, that is probably one of the most um captivating thing about love is that you just get each other you know it's not like oh yeah they they do this i i can't stand it i I can't like i don't even know i don't even know why this is such a thing in their life like i don't understand but i think when you understand somebody that way you're just like yeah that's them and i love them for that so to have such a beautiful relationship where you guys can come to a common ground uh, of who one another is, even as friends uh, or as romantic partners. I think understanding is so important um, to like go deep in the layers of somebody, to explore somebody, to really know the whys behind certain tendencies that they have, all of the desires, all the dreams, all the fears, all the doubts that they have. That is um, a deep layer of knowing. And so you have to understand your, your, well, you have to understand yourself and then understand the person that you're with. And so that's what I would desire. It's just, yeah. I, I, I desire, I've always desired that because I'm always like, no one gets me here. I'm like, Aww. I always feel like misunderstood, you know? Yeah. And I think in more recent years, I'm finding that voice to where I can help people understand my point of view. So this is just like the reason I pour out so much is just the reserve has always been there. It's like it's finally, again, like the the valve is finally opening, right? Yeah, because I was always quiet and I was always like in the back of the classroom, like, (laughs) you know, and and so I I feel like, yeah, like I said, I have something to say. And with with that, you know, I want people to be able to understand where I'm coming from, too. And I kind of want to give that to people as well, like an opportunity to be understood Mm -hmm. by being vulnerable, by by being transparent, having the desire to be transparent and vulnerable, yeah. I think would unlock so many things about life. And love is really the universal language and it's the key to the universe, really, to understanding each other. Because mm-hmm. I have that love for you. So even though you do this and this and this, I got you. I love yeah. you. It's great. I understand. And like, yeah. yeah. Because I think that's super, like, that's like super important. And I agree too, because like that's such a pillar for love, like understanding. Yeah. And I think. I, I just recently, um, I'm going to, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I guess I'll brag a little bit about it. I just it. came from a wedding yesterday mm. and not just come from that wedding as like an attending guest. I officiated <laughs> that wedding. So like, I got to yeah. the whole thing. So sick. And one of the themes that I was talking about in the regards to the relationship of the two married people was how uncannily honest they were with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And, um... It was, and I'll give you the the short run of it. On their first date, he just started listing a bunch of demands about how they should be in this regard. And that's that's him, right? But that's like his, and then she was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this is a lot, right? There's not really that much romance uh, in that regard. But she kind of, she understood or she had the wisdom to understand like, look, 
he's being very real, mm -hmm. right? And through that reality, through that honesty, she was able to really understand him in a like, in a, like it may have not been very subtle, uh, but at least it was a very open kind of way. And that's why they were able to survive and endure most of their relationships because they had set forward that level of honesty yeah. so that understanding could really just grow, mm -hmm. right, from whoever the people that they are. And I think that's really important because, and I mentioned this because it's like sometimes like when when I was first dating, like it's it's hard to kind of burden someone you care about with perhaps like, you know, your own issues or whatever things that like I, I always kind of say is things you can't love in yourself you have a hard time understanding if they can be loved by another mm. right 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 so it's like oh like I, I don't think that if I said this or if I would have acted like this way like I would not like that so they must mm. not like that mm. but then the reality is like you don't give anybody the chance therefore right. there is no understanding and then suddenly there's problems that exist because there is just no understanding of what's happening and it's like guesswork and, and it's having the courage to just to be as open and as vulnerable as you can be right um, and I'm not saying you can do it overnight and like suddenly like just spill your guts out <laughs> mm -hmm. you do it at your pace but you have to really think to yourself like am I really doing it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like um, and I think that's I'm glad that I'm not the only one who thinks that right and I think it's tough because I think there's this idea of love where it's, and I don't know if I, I agree with it as much. It's very much like, oh, you should just feel how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. right? Like we should just be that super connected. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I mean, that would like, sometimes it could work, but it can't be the one way in which you express yourself and yeah. your feelings. Cause like, you know, I'm not a psychic yeah. Yeah. and it is a skill to put into words and to put into a very clear meaning what how are you feeling mm -hmm. and it's just like oh but you can't do it by just like not doing it right or you, yeah. you don't practice it by by not doing it yeah and so it's very much like taking the courage and then i think for me it's just gotten easier over time to be honest to be open and to allow that understanding to happen and love and so you know in psychology the love languages mm -hmm. it's, it's like much that. words of affirmation oh, God. right words of That's affirmation right, is sure. one of my top Mm -hmm. And just the way they predicate, like, the titles of that, love languages, mm -hmm. like, it doesn't sound very scientific. Right. It doesn't sound very psychological, but when you think about it, it's like an understanding, a deep understanding of the term itself. Right. Mm -hmm. When people say love languages, they're like, oh, yeah, I have one or two or three or four or five, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Right. Um, but they categorize it so that you can get a better understanding of understanding. Right. Right. So love languages are to define how to understand somebody else. Right. Right. What is love your love them. language? Mm -hmm. What is your love language? How do I cater to that need that mm -hmm. you have? How do mm -hmm. I understand you better by catering to your needs? Right. And mm -hmm. that's a, a level of understanding. And I, and I, and I, I, it's so funny when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this makes things like 10 times easier. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like, oh, like, because you know, like, you think like, oh, like I would love words of affirmation, but then I realize, oh, you're a different person. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps maybe you want gifts or yeah, like, yeah. you know, like quality time yeah. or whatever right. it may be. Or act and, of service. Yeah, or... like an acts of service. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, and then, I'm, and then it makes me think, okay, so yeah, that's right. I have to love you on your terms. Mm -hmm. And that means I have to understand you. And you just set a very easy way to understand you. So 
okay, I'm gonna, and then at least it, it sets a direct path because before, I just really think like how people fumbled through love like before. It's just right. like, it's like, what's wrong? And it's like, nothing. Yeah. I'm like, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's clearly not true. It's like, I'm fine. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And it's just like, it's stuff like that. So it's very yeah. much like that understanding. And so, yeah, it's super cool. All mm-hmm. right. Anyone else? Questions? I don't have any questions. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think I have. I'm I'm Good. I'm done with my questions. Oh, you're done. Oh, with your questions? You're done. <laughs> well, I'm actually curious about if Mitch has any questions for us. Uh, what are your guys' love languages? Mine is words of affirmation. Number one, I just God, great. I, <laughs> yeah. When I think about like if if and again, I think the love languages, right? That so what I found out is like whatever. Um, however a person cares for you is essentially their love language that you have to give back to them. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, if they don't even know, like, it's like, oh, you seem to give me a lot of gifts. You probably want gifts too. Right? So it's, right, like, right. it's like, it's like, oh, you know, so it's like very much like whatever you think like is how you want to give me love mm-hmm. is essentially how I should be giving you love. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. So with, with words of affirmation, yeah, with God, when someone like, so there's something to be said about like the mediums of art that we we all go through, like dance, music, mm. and they all touch on very specific things. But for me, the the beauty of words is that they can just be so exact. Mm. You know, like yeah. they have that ability to just be so subtle and nuanced. And like when you read like a really well written sentence that just makes you like, oh, it just grabs at my heart, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, like. That's everything. Like, so I was sad. I'll, I'll go online. I'll be like, most like the best literary sentences ever written, and it's like a BuzzFeed article. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Like, I remember this Anna Karina one, where she was like, oh, like he was. It was something about like she was like the. Let me see if I can look it up. But it's just like words of affirmation are like, are my are my thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love them. Uh, and then from there, I guess. Um, I tell you one that I feel like I'm the worst at, and I think it's probably um, quality time. Really? And it sucks because I think it's maybe because perhaps how I kind of grew up at times, right? Like I was like an only child, and then I was kind of awkward, and I didn't really have that many friends growing up in elementary. And then it's just like... I, I kind of think yeah, I was a bit introverted, so I was like giving other people quality time. It was yeah. like, oh, it's that's like, oh, I have to be at a thing, you know? I have to go to this, and I'm like, and like being there. Like I love being there with the, someone when I can be, but then it's like making the effort to do that quality time. I definitely wish I was much better at mm-hmm. it in that mm-hmm. regard. And then yeah, I think those are my two. I'll I'll go find that quote, but je- out, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, what's your love language? I guess. Mine is quality time, mm-hmm. definitely. Mine too. And um, pretty closely followed by um, acts of service and then like words of affirmation. Where, like, Those are all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all mine. Yeah. Um, and I think the interesting thing with quality time for me, because I'm very much an introvert, um, is that I definitely like that's kind of how I give self-love too it's mm-hmm. like I need quality time with myself I agree but I also true like I love being able to be in a like 
having the comfortability of being in a room with somebody like almost doing completely different things. Right. Like if I'm like, I, another thing with acts of service, like I love cooking for people. Yeah. Like that's one of my favorite things when people like what I cook or bake. Um, (laughs) but you know, I don't really like, I mean, I do it on my own for myself, but I'd much rather have like somebody sitting at the table like talking to me sure. while I'm doing it. Sure. Um, or I remember like I'm very into Christmas as well. It's like one of my favorite holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, so my family has kind of like slotted me as the Christmas person, which yeah. I'm totally fine with. <laughs> but um, one year they gave me like the task of like decorating the tree and they were like out of the house. And so, like, my mom had set up the tree and done the lights. Like, that's her thing because they're tangled and that gets annoying. But um, I was, like, trying to put the ornaments on. I was like, this isn't fun. Like, I wouldn't mind doing it by myself. But, like, just having other people kind of around, like, I sort of, I like that energy. And then words have always been very important to me. Like, um, I think about song lyrics Like, there's so many times where I have, like, I really resonate with, like, songs and song lyrics. And it's like, how did they know exactly how I'm feeling? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The song is about me. (laughs) The song is about me. It's like, like (laughs) I didn't know how to say it, but they said it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's just like that. I'm trying. I'm kind of realizing that, like sometimes I take a little too much stock in words, Mm. whether it's like Mm. negative or positive, like I'll get hung up on them. Um, But I still think they're really, like they're really important. And like, like I said, kind of before, um, that's the kind of thing with love languages is it's been a little bit of my self love discovery is like, these are the things that I need to do for myself too. Yeah, that's true. I need to speak to myself more lovingly and Mm -hmm. you know do things that are going to benefit myself and take quality time with myself so good that's great to hear yeah that's awesome yeah that's that's really deep i'd say for me um that's something that i i've never really explored about for sure but like i hear you guys talk about it all the time like cedric talks about love languages all the time on the podcast or when outside um but like um what were so there's uh there's words of affirmation there's active service there's gifts there's quality time and was there one more thing uh did you say gifts already mm-hmm. yes yeah, it gives okay. already uh, i think that's all there's of five right? there's five right uh I'll look it up right now okay i'll look it up right I'll now but i think well out of those four which one which ones do you feel like and if you need any like clarification like, on any of them yeah 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 because like the thing is is that um like I think, because like I feel like I resonate with all of them equally, except for gifts. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd say probably the one that I feel from the most is quality time and active service. Those mm-hmm. are the two main things. I I think for, like for what it's touch, right? Touch is it? Touch? Oh, that's right. It's oh, touch. I it's forgot touch. about that. It's touch. Yeah. touch. Touch. Never mind then. It's touch. I changed my answer. I changed my answer. Because, <laughs> but now That's we awesome. have touch. Now it's touch. Like, oh. See, like I, I like being in the presence of someone. Like I, I like feeling them. Like 
from my hands or from like mm. for or for like my sensual nerves like in my bodies that I know that they're physically there. Yeah. It, it's because of how I've 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 been raised, I've been grown up with. Um but like I had like most of the time I've been alone and sometimes I never really have the presence of someone around me. Mm. And when they were around me, I felt most comfortable there. I felt like they uh I loved them like I felt like I felt most loved there because they were physically there with me mm. you know that's that's what i feel is important to me is that if they're physically there with me if i can see them if i can feel them that if i can sense that they're around me mm. that's how i feel that the, the, that's the type of love that i love feeling like hugs or like um you know um holding hands or just you know arm wrestling or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true, right? Like, you know? Yeah, it sounds like quality time and touch. Yeah. Probably like your top two. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So that's cool. Like I like I like the those times of loves and affirmations. Mm-hmm. Is those two main things for me. Um but yeah, I mean like if we're gonna go in depth with it, um mum 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 like he does that like a lot. <laughs> totally, that's a stinky noise. Or Gotcha. Um, let's see here. Like quality time. I remember like I remember like sitting um with this one girl that I was dating with for a bit, and we were just watching anime. That was fun. Like I love that. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> How you said that was so suggestive. <laughs> what do you think? What we were doing? It's not I like think we you were guys doing... were. You, you guys were just. You guys were playing checkers and stuff, show, right? right? Yeah. Well, we were playing Uno too. Playing cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's all it was. You guys, you guys <laughs> anime so and chill, right? You guys, you guys, you guys are so wholesome. I mean, it, it's just context and tone. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the inflection. That was it. fun. <laughs> but if it was like fun, it'd be like. Yeah, no, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Right. <laughs> it made you think, like, it made me think, like, there's something, like, oh. like, there's a memory there that you're just keeping hidden from us. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. No, no, really. You don't, you don't have to disclose. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, but, but, but yeah, I'd say, like, I don't know. I think I really have, uh, that's something for me to improve on is actually going deeper into things, you know? I always feel like, I'm able to get to the top of the surface of things, but really delve into it and really pull from it and really just like pour my heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. That's something that I definitely need to improve on mm-hmm. for sure. So like I've always been seeing like the face of things, but I never see behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel like I, I desire as well is to be understand how to pull the deep, the depths and and the, the the understanding uh-huh. out of myself, so that way I can express more out of myself. Yeah, it, it's a trial mm-hmm. uh, to, be, to to say the least. Like, look, what Mitch like does for like us, like to to really put like the exercises he puts. Like, there's like a genius to it because it's not easy to be vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. like the opposite of what we've been trained to do our yeah. entire lives. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like unlearning that behavior and learning the benefits of it. Like, yeah, it's like, man, I, I used to hate growing up with, like, <laughs> some of my friends. Because it was, like, a lot of that dude energy. Like, totally. Oh, the dude energy, yeah. Like, a lot of masculinity stuff. Oh, yeah. That just annoyed me a lot, like. Totally. But it was very much, like, you know, like, well, okay, don't cry. Like, don't do this. And, like, 
you know, like, don't be a little, like, baby about it. <laughs> I was going to be, like, other words, but, um, yep. and it's just, like, to me, it was, like, but then, like, oh, man, like, it's just, like, we were so emotionally stunted as a group, like, that it just became, like, my, I had, like, friendships, the only emotion we would ever share is humor, you mm. know, and, like, it was, it was good until, you know, real things started happening in our lives, and we had no platform to talk and discuss about it <laughs> and like geez like nothing's worse than like or one of the worst things in the world is like a real situation happens and you have all your friends but you like what do we do like should we talk like how like it's like fumbling <laughs> around and yeah. it's, it's horrible right mm. and just the like yeah not having the language not having the um the platform the ability to just talk about those things god like it was it was bad like oh man yeah i can't do that yeah that's what i'm saying like i think i think now we all endeavor for friendships that are more meaningful than just one thing right? mm -hmm. like yeah. you know like but it's funny because um there's like a opposite to it right um and it reminds me of this girl she had this one friend and or she had friends she had very few friends and the reason why is because her friendship standards were like you know like she would talk about her one one of her friends like oh he used to always be there and available like he would always say like really nice things like she was just listing off like a thousand things and i was like that's your standard for a single friend like oh wow that's essentially like the love of your life mm. but like <laughs> and only on a friendship level mm -hmm. i'm like how can one person be all of those things to you and then but then only just be like a friendship like sometimes you have to realize like you have to have you have to kind of spread out your friendship in quantity because it's unfair to place an entire burden on just a friend. Like you can't have your one friend be the shoulder you cry on, yeah. uh, but also be the honest one. Also be the one that's always there. That's like, essentially that's your like life partner at that yeah. point. Mm -hmm. And like the reason, and when I kind of like told her, it's like, maybe you should really think about like, yeah, because it, it seems like you, you put yourself in a place where, you know, like you, you you're scared of your vulnerabilities and and the only time you can share those is with a person who is of like this pristine caliber but then mm -hmm. like the problem is, is that that leaves you very vulnerable to loneliness yeah. and that's what she was feeling like when once that one person was living their life right like you know kind of separate or a little bit away from the friendship she immediately resented it yeah and like i think i feel that a lot sometimes with certain people and it goes kind of unspoken when you it's it's like one of the things it's like it's like a kind of like a paradox where it's like the more you like like and care for someone the more you hate them for them being gone and or you resent them for being away mm. and it's like it's tough it's tough to be able to negotiate that idea of like like they're a separate person they're entitled to their dreams and their life and whatever maybe and i should be happy for them but yet i feel so sad that they're not there mm. and and it's it's just like but then i think that only can only come with understanding and that, that really only comes from like knowing your vulnerabilities and knowing like how to be vulnerable how to express that and whatever it may be and so yeah i think i'm that's why i'm, I'm so blessed that we have this podcast yeah yeah it's, like, it's awesome it's really awesome mm -hmm. yeah. well um but yeah like do you have do you have any more questions for us mitch or uh i think that was very rich information for mm -hmm. me so it's like now i know how to 
deliver to you guys. <laughs> Jenny especially, because she's very similar to me. So yeah. nice. nice. Awesome. But, yeah. Well, you know, thank you again for being on this podcast with us. Thanks for having me. Man. Like, this has been the most amazing experience we've had on this podcast yeah. so far. Like, I mean, yeah. what? Well, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to denounce okay. our rest of our guests. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just, well, I mean, like, in the sense of, like, being able to go this, like, we usually sure. stop at one hour and a half, but, like, but now we're at two hours. So I think sure. just, just, just in general that we were able to go this far, I, I thought it was just very meaningful. That, yeah. that we were actually gonna actually step forward and actually go past of what we're usually to go towards. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, a, like, it was a really amazing conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciated I it a lot. I think it's very enriching. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, like always, um, to follow us on Instagram for our podcast, it's uh, creative underscore underscore. <laughs> yeah. Emotions. I can see you've made a mistake before. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's creative. Underscore, 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 double underscore, double underscore. Oh, it's a double underscore. Yeah, yeah. it's a double underscore. Okay. okay. Um, emotions, and it's on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow me, um, it's Black Frost uh, underscore Lee L three L A C K F R O S T underscore L E. Oh, and if you're looking for me, um, it's Papa Seti eighty eight because I recently had to look at my Instagram again. I just like, I was like, okay, so I was like. And then this is the so record. Cedric remembered his Instagram yeah, twice, I, I two weeks in that's a row. Awesome, like, man. I don't, I don't remember every my single week. He that's an accomplishment. Is, <laughs> like, what's um, Seti? No, Papa Seti. Yeah, Papa Seti '88. And so, if you're looking for me, and again, by any means, if you feel like you ever want to talk, just send the message, and I'm always happy to spend some time getting to know whomever's listening and whatever questions or comments they have. Yeah. Same. And if you're looking for me, I'm at Creative Emotions on... uh, No. (laughs) I mean, I am. Like, I'll answer that. But um, I'm at Curiously Radiant on Instagram. That's my personal one. Dang it, you passed it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's up to you, Mitch. Do you want to... Yeah. Uh, If you're looking for me... You can find me in the street. No, I'm (laughs) Come find me. Come find me. Yeah, Yeah. I'm there. Um, (laughs) I guess since we're plugging... Um, my Instagram is Mitch, M-I-T-C-H-V-R-L. That is one of many Instagrams that I handle, but that is probably my main one that I'm more, most active on. Um, thank you guys. Oh, no, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This super fun. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, thanks everyone for yeah. sticking around for, for two hours. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode and have a blessed day, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Sweet. Bye.